Welcome to Season 2 of Overcoming Working Mum Burnout. I'm your host, Dr. Jacqueline Kerr, mum, burnout survivor, and behavior change scientist. I interview international burnout experts, HR and DEI leaders, and lifestyle coaches to find out how we can create individual, organizational, and cultural change to prevent burnout. When mums thrive, the world benefits. Each week when I interview a guest, I ask about specific solutions they recommend for overcoming working mum burnout. And while having ideas for what you can do is a start, as a behavior change scientist, I know how hard it can be to make a new change and develop a new habit that lasts long enough for it to become automatic. That's why I'm doing a mini episode for each guest on their suggested behavior change. If you're in an active state of burnout, managing your stress is important. And sometimes that means taking a total break, especially from any additional goals. Once you're arrested, if you are seeking to take an active role in your recovery or prevention of burnout, then having a behavior change plan will help you make the most of your efforts and be more impactful. Last week, I learned about embracing transition with women's career expert, Jess Gallagher. As a reminder, here's a few key takeaways from Jess's episode. Becoming a, a mom had a massive impact on my mindset towards my career. And I think my willingness to take risks as well. And I think the impetus for me to make a change or the impact that being a mom had comes from this unique thing, which is that as soon as my daughter was a reality in our lives, as soon really as I was pregnant, I had this very strange clarity around what I wanted for her. I was really focused and really obsessed with this wish and desire for her. And that wish was that I wanted her to be really comfortable in her own skin. And I wanted her to be authentically who she is, whoever that is. And I think the, the power and the conviction that I had around that desire was contrasted with looking at myself in the mirror and realizing that when it came to my career, I really was not being authentic and I was not really comfortable in my own skin and pursuing what I wanted to. My career had been built up based on a lot of listening to the voices around me, telling me what was a good career move or a smart role to take. But the one voice that I didn't seem to be listening to was my own. And all of a sudden in becoming a mom, I I really saw this opportunity to model for my daughter what I hoped for her. And I started out these conversations thinking that it was really about me and my career. And I'd learn a few pragmatic tips from women on what to do next. But pretty quickly, the floodgates opened and I was inundated with women to speak to who had these similar experiences. And I also realized that the conversations became really big. So it wasn't just tactical job searching advice. It was these big questions about how to find a purposeful career, how to balance work and family, really how to live a a life well-lived. There is no one-size-fits-all model. There is no uniform checklist for how to pivot right or how to find an authentic, fulfilling career. But what I did see is that there are very common emotions and challenges that all women go through. There's a fear, they don't feel ready, 
they're worried about what other people will think, or they feel guilty about wanting to give up their current role. And yet there's this voice inside their head still urging them or compelling them to move forward and to think about a change and to move toward it. The most impactful mind shift is when they move from what if this wildly fails to asking themselves, what if this wildly succeeds? And I think all successful career pivoters and changers have that shift at some point that compels them to move forward. Now, the next thing that most career changers have in common is that they're often aligning their future career path with a genuine interest, a genuine purpose or cause that is meaningful for them. You might use the word passion, though that's actually not my favorite word. Oftentimes we think about that as something fluffy and a nice to have, oh, what a privilege that you get to follow your passion. But it's actually really strategic because it means that women can show up as their best selves performing at their highest level. And it also means that women are able to sustain that career. They're able to run the marathon because they're not suffering or faking it till they make it throughout those decades of a career. There are some women who are burnt out because they're simply working too many hours. Maybe that's your most traditional definition of burnout. But then there are women who are burnt out because they operate in a culture or an environment that's very traditionally male and masculine and really not built for them. And so they're having to show up to work in a performative way to fit in with the culture. And they're burnt out from doing that. They're saying, gosh, I'm exhausted from paying this tax of having to show up as someone that's not really myself because in order to fit in with my work environment. And then there's women who are burnt out of not being engaged with their job, not feeling any genuine interest in the work that they're doing or getting that kind of joy out of it. I think for women who are staying in traditional roles, the biggest behavioral change is to advocate for yourself more, master the art of the humble brag, master the art of self-promotion. If you are someone who this is naturally very difficult to do, then force yourself to overdo it, right? Feel like you're overdoing it in your mind, right? You're embarrassingly advocating for yourself and, and hyping yourself up to get more visibility, because even if it feels uncomfortable for you, you probably will end up in a moderate place that's very similar to what your male peers are doing when it comes to self-advocacy. And I think the one behavioral change for companies is when you're investing in initiatives around diversity, equity, inclusion, specifically initiatives around gender diversity, make it a strategic investment. It needs to be something that's backed with leadership buy-in and with investment dollars to actually enact any real and lasting change. The plan here will be focusing on learning to self-promote, as recommended by Jess. Self-promotion is a huge challenge for women, especially when they're penalized for advertising their achievements, because it's counter to the stereotype of the quiet, humble woman. In the book, What Works? Equality by Design?, Research shows self-appraisal should be banned from promotion processes because they so disadvantage women. Joe Miller, CEO of Be Leaderly and author of Women of Influence, suggests making your value visible by stealth promotion. Stealth marketing is also a concept in public health, where instead of focusing on the main health behavior, you get to it through other more changeable behaviors. Some examples of stealth promotion include 
promote your team's achievements in an email to management, include lessons learned in meeting agendas, forward thank you emails when your contributions were praised to your boss, frame your success in a best practices format, record team achievements in display photos, and being a podcast guest and sharing the episode. Managers can support women promoting their achievements by requesting a monthly achievement log from everyone. In this way, achievements are recorded routinely and systematically and do not require self-promotion. There are several steps to creating a plan that can help set you up for success based on behavior change science. I provide a sample plan to get you started. You can adapt this or create your own, but filling in each step by hand or on the computer will bring you closer to knowing what you want to do and what it will take to get you there. You can print out the whole plan or just focus on the reminders that you set up as part of the plan itself. You can download the plan from the episode website, drjacquelinecurr.com podcasts, or find it on my LinkedIn post. To start, it is important to set a goal that feels motivating, related to a state that you want to achieve, that gives you an identity you want for yourself. So the first response to submit is what I want to be. Here's the response for this week. What I want to be. I want to be able to promote my achievements and my team's achievements without being penalized for bragging. I want to make my value visible in a way that feels authentic. I want my achievements to receive recognition so that I'm equally rewarded and promoted as others who are more comfortable self-promoting. Being specific in each step helps. The next step gets into the details, the what. This is the action you want to take. So here's the response for this week. What? Decide on three self-promotion strategies that I'm going to adopt and employ regularly. Examples include sharing an achievement log with my manager, forwarding recognition emails to management, developing a lessons learned and best practice presentation, hosting a success celebration event and inviting management to attend. So the action is to try various strategies, but focus on three that you're most comfortable with. The next few steps are key to the implementation plan. When you complete these details, it helps you create a plan that gives you enough ideas to get you started. The when, where, with whom, for how long and how often helps you create the specifics of the goal. These details act as reminders. When a certain time comes around, you remember to do the activity you are trying. You can also choose times and places that are anchored to something you do daily, like having a coffee. Then the act of drinking coffee reminds you to do the new behavior. Having a small goal is important. So these steps also help you keep it realistic. So here's the response for this week. When? Within a month, I will have tried five different strategies and decided on the three that I will continue to pursue regularly. I will also speak to my manager within the next week and ask what are the best ways to share team achievements so that they are anticipating renewed efforts in this area. Where? I will start to frame team achievements and hang them in my office. I will post best practice guides on LinkedIn or the company Slack channel. I will write achievements weekly in my calendar. I will forward emails as they arise. With whom? I will be discussing team achievements actively with my team and my manager to get buy-in for increased celebration and promotion. 
I will propose achievement logging as a more fair process for our team promotion process and ask this to be considered company-wide after our demonstration project. For how long each time? These should just be brief efforts that become routine. How often per week? At least once a week, think about how I have recognized my own or my team's achievements. Celebrating small successes that are successful processes rather than outcomes can help this happen more often. For an example of this, see episode three in season one from Rachel Cook. For how many weeks? I would plan a three-month pilot of these efforts. Review at that point, discussing format, benefits, and impact, and then create a plan for the next three months. Thinking of achievements you want to celebrate will also help with buy-in to the efforts to achieve those milestones, both personally and from the team. Efforts that are recognized lead to more fulfillment. So many of the details we just completed can be entered into a schedule or planner so that you have regular reminders. While you're developing a new habit, frequent reminders keep the activity top of mind. So we need to think through other ways of setting up easy reminders. Here's the response for this week. Reminders. Given the likely barriers to this effort, you're going to need positive reminders regularly and in multiple locations. Stickies on the mirror, like you are worth celebrating, you deserve recognition, might help. Calendar reminders for the logs, reviews, or celebrations will help. As more team members buy in, you can ask them to help keep the efforts alive. Also, by recording achievements visually that everyone can see them helps prompt you to continue to do this activity. By this stage of the plan, you'll be starting to think about what is going to get in the way of you actioning this plan. A lot of resistance can arrive. Try to put it all down so you can come up with ways to overcome these barriers. For now, we won't try to address them. We'll keep setting up parts of the plan that will give you confidence you can master this new activity and we'll address the barriers later. So here's the response for this week. Anticipated barriers. When you start to pay attention to your self-promotion efforts, you may notice more obviously how you are not rewarded and not recognized. So barriers may come up when you start to focus more on this. For example, you'll be celebrating your team, but no one will recognize you. You might feel resentment that others in your organization's achievements are recognized and yours are not. You might not feel comfortable discussing your achievements with your manager, and you might experience disapproval for your self-promotion efforts. An important part of a successful goal is accountability. How will you keep yourself on track? We'll talk about tracking tools next, but having an accountability partner is a great way to get support for your goal. Here's the response for this week. Accountability. You will need to have a strong accountability partner, given the internal resistance you may face. You need to be clear about the specific goals you're setting for this activity and sharing those with a trusted friend, coach, or partner. Tracking is important to see if you're mating your goal, to help you gain a sense of achievement, and to help you adapt your goal as time goes on. There are lots of easy ways to keep track, and doing this also prompts you to keep doing the activity. It also serves as a reminder. So here's the response for this week. 
Tracking. Weekly logging of achievements, or at least monthly, is key to this activity. Without recognizing your own achievements, it will be challenging to share them with anyone else. If the least you do in this whole activity is track your achievements and decide what are important successes for you, this will be progress in the right direction. Not everyone needs a reward for achieving their goal, but sometimes celebrating and acknowledging your achievements does help keep you motivated. If you don't need a specific reward, having a reminder of why this goal is important will help reinforce your ongoing efforts. So here's the response for this week. Reinforcement, reward. The whole purpose of this exercise is to self-promote to ensure fair promotion. It will be very important to receive reward for your efforts. This is why if you promote your team members' efforts, but yours are overlooked, you might feel resentment. Tracking your own achievements will lead to a sense of accomplishment, but you will be needing to ask for specific rewards for your behavior in this self-promotion process. You'll be needing to make it clear to your managers the level of recognition and reward you expect. Now let's plan how to overcome some of those barriers. Hopefully you have enough ideas about positive things you can do to support your goal that these barriers seem less influential now. But take each one and come up with a counter plan. While new barriers can arise at any time, realizing there are things you can do to counter them helps give you confidence to get started and resilience to keep going. Here's the response for this week. Overcoming barriers. Regular logging of all achievements equally will ensure that everyone is acknowledged. Partnering team members to provide positive feedback to each other can help individuals see more clearly what they bring, including having your own strengths reflected back to you. Making recognition expectations clear to yourself and your manager will help your needs be met. Practicing different strategies will help you discover which work for you and you are uncomfortable with. But you will need to keep pushing that discomfort. Finally, as your plan is outlined, you're likely to need help with some parts of it. We have already thought about an accountability partner and some goals will involve other people. Here you are thinking about the practical help you might need so that you can focus on your goal when you have planned to work on it. Here's the response for this week. Getting support. Because the activities here are not necessarily time-consuming, practical support is less needed. The biggest support you will need is from a cheerleader who believes in you. Often, that is not ourselves. This would be a great new skill to discuss and learn from a coach like Jess Gallagher or others featured on the podcast to keep you on track and confident and to help you face your fears. I know such a detailed plan may feel like a lot, but as a busy working mom, you probably know if it doesn't get scheduled, it won't happen on its own. Even spending time thinking about the plan will have solidified your resolve to work on it, and you're more likely to succeed. In academia, self-promotion was particularly important. And studies show female professors are much less likely to self-cite 
i.e. mention their own work in a publication. This was actually something I learned to do from my male mentors, but many other parts of self-promotion were uncomfortable, particularly when anything you achieved could easily be topped by another high achiever in the very competitive scientific academic environment. Besides, I'm much more comfortable demonstrating by doing than saying. Many women find themselves waiting to be crowned for their achievements without taking a stronger role in their self-promotion. In my current role, I'm conscious that my prior achievements are part of my credibility, so incorporating some self-promotion is needed. While now I share that I'm in the top 1% of most cited scientists, I never shared that while I was in academia. But while I spent a lot of time creating systems to celebrate my team's efforts previously, there was little recognition of my efforts in that process. Recently, I learned that my love language is positive affirmations. I need to be praised for the effort I make, more than the outcome. I think creating more opportunities for your strengths to be reflected back to you is important, as suggested in the Claiming Your Value step of the book, Humanity Works Better. Thanks to a coach, I now try to log my achievements monthly to help me see progress and appreciate my own worth more. Good luck with your goal. I hope you liked this mini episode as a follow-up to the guest episode. Please leave any feedback on my website, drjacquelinecurr.com. And please remember, burnout can be related to serious health problems. If you're experiencing physical or mental health symptoms, please contact a health provider or call the appropriate helpline. This podcast does not replace medical advice. Take care. Take control your affairs.